Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. So JT Real Muto says to the Phillies, I think we need to talk money. So the Phillies said, well, give us a ballpark. I mean, you know, what kind of money are we talking about? And JT Real Muto used two words. You know what those two words were? The suit. All right, and that is how you came to $115 million over five years. It all makes sense. What kind of money are we talking about here? The suit. Wow. Two powerful words. Be powerful. Think about that. Wow. All right. Great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great inventory that they have. The best. Hyundai just had a record-setting year. Sunbury Motors was a big reason why. You have a sales staff going to talk to you, deal. You know, look at your budget, work with you. You have a fabulous service department to back it up and pre-owned inventory what a great selection of pre-owned inventory all with the Sunbury Motors guarantee Sunbury Motors 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com Scott Lobber today at 4.06 from the Philadelphia Inquirer we're going to talk about JT Real Muto we aren't going to do another like Eagles wine fest, are we? No, all all JT. Then maybe baseball Hall sure. of Fame too. I mean, just want to check and see. Although the baseball Hall of Fame talk will probably bring some whining there, so we'll get that, Phil. Just a different subject. Yeah. Uh, Phil Harrison, Penn State. Phil Harrison, Penn State, Ohio State. Uh, basketball, three thirty-five. Greg Pickle on Sandy Barber's press conference yesterday at four thirty-five. Uh, tomorrow, Peter King is going to join us on the show, and also Andrew Kahn from M Live on the pause at Michigan. We got a lot going on. A lot going on, as a matter of fact. And Ross Tucker tomorrow too. Ross Tucker, big on Ross Tucker. I am a big Ross Tucker fan. He is, you know what? He has turned in a really terrific career so far. And he's got a lot more in the tank, too. He's really good at what he does. He's really good. So we have a lot going on. Jimmy Sotos, the former Bucknell player who's at Ohio State, will not play tonight. Uh, Shoulder injury. Jimmy hurt that shoulder a couple games ago and has not played since, so he will be out of tonight's game between Penn State and Ohio State. Uh, Michi Johnson, though, that's that's going to be Jimmy's biggest problem, by the way, going forward is Michi Johnson. 
Michi Johnson is a player that when you looked at the roster and said, um, I looked at it in November, there is no Michi Johnson. And I looked at it in December, uh, there is no Michi Johnson. He is a guy that right now should be a senior in high school at Garfield Heights in Ohio. And he's an early entry. Well, early entry means you're eligible. He's playing now. And so Jimmy's uh, injury, the timing of it is not great because he gets hurt right when Michi becomes eligible. Whoops. Pat Fitzgerald, 10-year contract extension at Northwestern. Josh Heupel's the head football coach now at Tennessee. Jim Rutherford abruptly stepped down today as the Penguins general manager for personal reasons. There's been a lot going on today. Then there's the Hall of Fame ballot. Matt was happy that nobody got elected. I was actually a little unhappy about that. I think somebody needs to get in. Because there was there were a good there were a lot of people eligible that should get in. Such as? Well, believe it or not, Kurt Schilling. Does he well, help him, does he help himself with the stupid stuff he says? No. But the but key for me is has he done anything to damage baseball? And that is no. Guys like Clemens, Bonds, etc., yes, so I would vote no. But Schilling should be in. Well, this is where, and, I, and Peter's going to be on tomorrow to talk about the pro football vote. And Peter King has done a great job over the years of explaining that, look, when you sit down to evaluate a player, you evaluate the player's performance. Are they a Hall of Fame performer? And by the way, which takes aside, obviously, all of the, um, you know, whether they have PED, steroids, things like that. Okay, now that enhances performance. But he, Peter King always talks about that when they, he sits down to vote, and he's one of the 46 voters for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, do, you know, what is the player's performance? And that is the key when it comes to me when it when you look at Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling, an on-field performance, if you're sitting there and it is the seventh game of the, of the playoff or the World Series, who do you hand the ball to? I would have no hesitation handing the ball to Kurt Schilling, who was 11-2 with a 2.25 ERA in postseason play. Same here. When the money's on the table, did he perform? Phillies in the 93 World Series. Diamondbacks with Randy Johnson in 2001. Red Sox in 2004. Red Sox in 2007. The last game he pitched was World Series Game 2, and he was the winner in 2007. It's performance. It's not tweets. Now, this goes back to what I talked about last week. You know, I was just talking in general. 
And I said, you know, don't let um, arguments about politics get in the way of friendships. Don't do that. Okay? Don't, don't do that. Just, is it worth it? Is it lo- worth losing friends over? As I said, do you go into the parking lot and the, the, the guy's got his hood up? <laughs> and you, you have jumper cables? You walk over and say, hey, who'd you vote for, by the way? Oh. Hey, good luck with that. Or do you help out? It's the same thing with this. People are on Twitter. They say things you don't agree with write, or write something you don't agree with. I got it. I got it. It has nothing to do as to whether the guy is a great baseball player or not. You're being voted upon not to be the Hall of Hall of Fame of people. You're the Hall of Fame of baseball, the Baseball Hall of Fame. They start weeding out people in the Hall in the Hall of Fame that happen to be undesirable off the field. Hall's going to be a little thinner. Bonds and Clemens are an interesting spot. They have plateaued. They are not going to get in next year. You look now. They have plateaued right around that 60, 61, 62% area. So I just don't see any traction for them moving forward. Also this year, you had 14 ballots that were returned that were blank. In other words, you had 14 voters that looked at it and said, I don't think there's anybody in this ballot deserving of it. Next year, Alex Rodriguez is on that ballot. Next year, David Ortiz is on that ballot. Now, I just want to make Matt feel better. Doug Peterson is not on the ballot. (laughs) That does. Thank you. I just want to make sure you're okay. Because I was having some flashbacks of the bloody sock game that still have nightmares about this day, so that helps. I, I was at the second one. The second Bloody Sock game, which was game two of the World Series. Right. Uh, so. that was That's the one I told you the story about Larry Walker. Yes. <laughs> Who, by the way, got it. Larry Walker did not expect to get into the Hall of Fame last year. He, he just didn't. So he's sitting there on his on his patio, right, in a SpongeBob SquarePants shirt, and all of a sudden gets the call. They look at him, he's like, "Oh, all the days to wear this shirt." <laughs> all right, we'll come back with more in a moment. Here in News Radio 1070 WKOK. Sunbury Motors Ford is bringing in 2021 with a bang. SMZ has just received shipments of the all-new 2021 Ford F-150. Save up to nine grand on the totally redesigned F-150, which was just awarded North America's Truck of the Year for 2021. Sunbury Motors has 67 F-150s in stock and arriving soon. SMC is introducing the highly anticipated 2021 Ford Bronco Sport. The new Bronco's retro design reflects its iconic heritage from the 60s and 70s. Sunbury Motors has them in stock starting at just $28,200. Pick from 61 of the top selling 
Highway Ford Escapes with savings up to $8,250 and slash to as low as $22,380. SMC is where you want to be in January for discounts up to $11,000 on the largest selection of new Fords in the Susquehanna Valley. And everyone is clearly marked for this massive sale. Sunbury Motors Ford in the 4th Street Auto Plaza. Proudly serving all of Central Pennsylvania for over a century. Hurry, sale ends Monday the 1st. Nick Sirianni's already made a hire. He is uh, bringing in Florida offensive coordinator Brian Johnson to be his quarterback's coach. Johnson's just 33 years of age, joins Nick Sirianni's staff, along with offensive coordinator Shane Steichen. And uh, three seasons with Dan Mullen at Florida. Dan Mullen is a really good offensive mind. Promoted from quarterback's coach to offensive coordinator for the 2020 season. Had been the offensive coordinator of both Houston and Utah before this. So he's worked with Dak Prescott, De'Ara King, Kyle Trask. Now he gets to work with Carson Wentz. Dick in Milton. Welcome, sir. It is wonderful to hear you. Yeah, hey, I'll make this quick. Uh, Penn State hasn't wrestled, and they're wrestling a tri-meet this week at Indiana and I may be Purdue or somebody. Northwestern. But my, that wasn't my, my. But that wasn't my question. The, the following week, they were supposed to be at at uh, Ann Arbor to wrestle Michigan and Wisconsin. Michigan's on a hiatus for 14 days because of COVID, and I was just kind of wondering: Is Penn State, Wisconsin, going to go to Michigan to wrestle that match? It's still on the schedule for there. I look. Yeah, they're not. Let's see. It's. I think it's a Sunday, correct? I, I don't. Yeah. I just know that Michigan. I just know that the, the Michigan part's postponed. But yeah. it falls in that fourteen-day period. But my right. question is: Is Wisconsin and Penn State going to go to to Michigan and wrestle? Still wrestle the match as part of a tri meet when Michigan's not even wrestling. I, I or would they go somewhere else? I think they're going to go someplace else. They could go to Wisconsin. They could come here, but they'll go someplace else, or else maybe they'll that, that set would, it up. Or set it up with a third entity and wrestle at the third entity. I mean, so they'll yeah. they'll wrestle it. They'll wrestle it, Dick. But uh, and that's the reason I asked why it was going to be a Sunday is because Sunday would have been the fifteenth day. But yeah, I mean, Michigan's not going to be able to wrestle one day it's, after the pause is It's over. listed on the schedule as postponed. Yeah, that part of be. it. If you look at the Penn State wrestling schedule, right. the Michigan match is actually postponed, but they still have the Wisconsin and the Penn State wrestling at Armor. At, at Armor, they will pick. They will me. pick it. Yeah, they'll pick another site to wrestle, whether it's at Madison, at State College, or at a third entity. I think that's what yeah, they, they're going to end curious. up doing. And you could also here's the other part: Penn State was supposed to wrestle Michigan State last yeah. weekend here at home. You know, you look at the schedule. I mean, can you work that out? Can you work Rutgers maybe into it? Something where you can get them to wrestle together. Now, this weekend they've got what Northwestern and Indiana. No, I think it, yeah, it's it, yeah, that's it, Indiana. I think. Yeah, and so yeah. here here's the key part to that. It's not just two dual meets, but Kale will be allowed under the new rule to travel twenty. So right. this is going to give several individuals the opportunity to wrestle those, quote, exhibition matches, because the key is to get four. And if you get four, you then are will be eligible uh, on the wild card list for the NCAAs. Yes, I knew, I knew that, yeah. But I was just kind of curious. I thought they would actually announce something by now since it's been almost a week since they postponed that particular match. 
That is on a Sunday, by the way. I just checked the schedule. Yeah, yeah. but you know, Michigan. Yeah, Michigan won't be able to to do anything because it's one day after quote the pause is over. That's the first day they're allowed to go back and practice uh, across yeah. the yeah. board. Uh, so, uh, so it's Penn State and Wisconsin will wrestle. I'm pretty sure, Dick. It's just going to be a question of maybe they get clever and pick up a third entity as part of it, and and try and work it out that way. Uh, because they, you know, but they're they're not going to post they're not going to postpone it. They'll wrestle one way or the other. They're both scheduled that weekend. The worst part about this is they're going already almost into February now with no with no actually matches which counts towards that four and if they get one more right. situation where they get they're going to end up struggling to get those four matches in if they don't get something done pretty soon well well in other words this weekend they'll, everybody will get two right they'll so get the two, yeah the, sometimes they'll yeah, get three the, i know bucknell so, kids had one of them had three matches this past weekend and there's so i mean so. you'll be able to be able i mean at minimum you'll have 20 wrestlers i wouldn't doubt all 20 go in other words wrestle at minimum you can look around. I don't know how many, you know, obviously Indiana and Northwestern can each have 20. And at that point, you're going to be halfway home in the number of matches you need just on one weekend. Well, let's hope it works out. The way this thing's been working out for some of these teams not competing in basketball and wrestling, especially basketball. It's just. And women's volleyball. It's a crapshoot. And women's yeah, volleyball. volleyball. Yeah, a lot too. of sports, But it's just yeah. been. For example, Army's on a hiatus right now. They tested three three positives, so they're not playing basketball this weekend in the Patriot League. So right. that's two they're, weeks in a row, right. Colgate Colgate hasn't played for two weeks then. Right, and see, and, and for Penn State, let's see, tonight's a makeup game with Ohio State, so that will be the second makeup game that they have. Sunday, or excuse me, Saturday with Wisconsin is the third makeup game, but they still have two more makeup games because. It was supposed to be Michigan tonight, and of course that has to be pushed back. And they still have a home and away with Nebraska. They have to play. Now Nebraska will be back on February sixth, I believe. It's this. You wake up every day and you ask, "There's a game tonight, right?" <laughs> so they played four games in what a week. Four games in seven days. They'll play and tonight. They play. They'll play. Yeah. Four games in seven days. Oh, for That's the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> the good, Before COVID. I feel like the good old days were a year ago. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Dick. All right. Uh, next half hour, we'll talk with. Uh, Writer who covers Ohio State basketball. Um, again, Jimmy Sotos will not play in tonight's game. Phil Harrison from USA Today is going to join us. And then at 4.06, we've got Scott Lobber. And in the final half hour, Greg Pickle on Sandy Barber's press conference and football recruiting. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key with 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Great to have you with us on the show today. I told Doug Birdsong about 
JT Real Moto. They asked him how much money you want. He just responded with two words the suit. They gave him 115. <laughs> I bet you Doug wishes he would have known that sooner. Uh, Doug, uh, Doug's response was was quite simple. I think uh, it, it, the suit's worth every dime he gets. <laughs> Sitting back there and sheltered life in the corner office, getting ready for another big shikalimi basketball broadcast tonight. That is right, and I will see him in action because I'm on the TV side tonight. Try hard not to get overwhelmed by the presence. I'll try. Just, yeah. I mean, I have concerns. All right. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. Great to have you with us. Um, all right, so Phil Harrison's with USA Today. He covers Ohio State basketball. Uh, Penn State and Ohio State will be playing tonight uh, in a game that would be opposite, by the way, of Chicago. Uh, We're going to carry the Chicago basketball game tonight. But these are two of the top 39 teams in the net going head-to-head here, so we thought we'd at least uh, get something in about the game this evening. Phil, welcome. Great to have you with us on the show today. Thanks. Glad to be here. All right, so uh, there was a point in time where Ohio State lost a couple of games, but they've really hit stride. What has allowed them to really get this thing pointed in the right direction? Yeah, a couple things, right? So there's a couple guys getting healthy. Um, They were without the services of Seth Towns early in the year because he's still battling and coming back from a knee injury. He had actually been out of basketball for two years, former Ivy League player of the year, grad transfer. So he's gotten healthy. Um, C.J. Walker... Uh, nobody really knew he was playing with an injury on his non-shooting hand right. that affected him. He's he's back, uh, not completely 100, percent but uh, better than he was earlier in the year. And even though some of his, you know, plays don't show up on the box score, obviously he's a, a leader for the team. But the other thing I think that's really contributed to it is they're just figuring themselves out. I mean, there were there were a lot of new faces in the program this year because of some defections and, and some guys they signed in the grad transfer window and things like that. So. You know, anytime you have guys coming in that are new, it just takes time to understand your identity, understand, you know, your role on the team and, and, and get things together. So that seems to be uh, the biggest thing is they're really figuring out who they are, where their scoring options are, and really efficient on the offensive end because of that. All right. So without, I, I think Walker missed five games, I believe, when it was all said and done. And then he came off the bench, obviously, in the last game. So what kind of job is Dwayne Washington doing as not only being the leading scorer, but a guy who you know, had to fill in and really run that team offensively? Yeah, it's been quite amazing. He did it a little bit last year as well. Um, he, he had to step in for a little while to run the point. And, you know, here, here, when you start following Ohio State, some people get a little bit frustrated with his shot selection sometimes. But the kids, get, you know, you got to give him credit for stepping in and, and running the show with a point. And the other guy that did it a little bit was Justice Suing as well. Right. No one really knew he had those type of handles. Uh, but when you have – and that's the thing about Ohio State, you have multiple guys that can do multiple things on the offensive end. And Chris Holtman afterwards really sung the praises of what Dwayne Washington has meant for this team this year and the step that he's, he's made, specifically with, as you mentioned, 
you got guys going down at your, you know, arguably one of your most important positions, running the point guard position. It's not his natural position, but he filled in admirably as did Justice Suey. Jimmy Sotos is still out the Bucknell transfer with a shoulder injury, but that's opened the door for Michi Johnson. Now, for those of you who sat down and looked at the roster in November and looked at the roster in December, you didn't see double zero, Michi Johnson. He is an early entry. Discuss his path, Phil, as to how this happened and how well has he played considering you should be a senior in high school. Yeah, he should be, uh, you know, I don't know what kind of problem they're going to do with COVID. (laughs) Usually you're getting ready for that about this time of year. So he's only 17. Uh, There was a need there. You know, Holtman knew he was going to be a little bit thin at the point guard position. So um, it was a mutual understanding and an agreement that he would reclassify and uh, get into Ohio State a bit early. And and to be honest with you, uh, you know, thank goodness he did because when C.J. Walker did go down with that injury, you know, clearly that opened the door a little bit for him. You know, and and it's amazing when you watch him. He does play with a little bit more maturity than you would expect a 17-year-old to do. I mean, you're you're going against the guys, especially in the Big Ten, right? I mean, Big Ten is known as a kind of a rough and tumble league. Guys are a lot more mature. It's a more physical game. So for him to jump in there and uh, really hold his own uh, has been amazing. And and hopefully, you know, he continues to rise. And I can only see that uh, this is going to impact his career. It's going to be a benefit for him as he moves forward. When Arns shoots, do you get to, do people get disappointed when he misses? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy's over fifty percent from three now, which is it's amazing. Uh, kind of amazing. Yeah. amazing. The other guy, you know, I don't know if you guys remember John Diebler or not. Oh, that, John Diebler hit ten <laughs> hit ten <laughs> three pointers. Here, right? yeah. He had ten three pointers in the Jordan Center. I remember uh, him. I announced yeah. every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it got to that point with John Diebler when he fired up a three. You just expected it to go in. Yeah, um, smooth stroke. You know, Orange just has a smooth. You know what kind of game you're going to get from him. I think he's only taking two shots inside the arc this year. Uh, but yeah, he's he's really added a dimension to Ohio State to really stretch the defense. And, uh, you know, obviously he just kind of camps out on the three-point line, and when he puts it up, it's so smooth. You think everyone else is going in. Uh, what was the adjustment, if any, for Ohio State? They were supposed to be off until uh, this weekend, and then when uh, Michigan had to shut down, Penn State had an opening, Ohio State had an opening, and they needed to make up a game. So what was that process like? Yeah, I, I think, you know, we talked to Chris Holtman a little bit, um, after the game, he kind of he had a pretty good idea it was coming. Yes, right? so, yeah, not, so did we. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know that it was too much of an adjustment. It was, you know, where we got two or three day turnaround when you find out, which in the Big Ten, you, sometimes you have a two or three day turnaround. So yeah. clearly, if you did some advanced scouting uh, for the next opponent, you'd have to kind of put that on the back burner and just quickly kind of turn the tables and go. It's the you know the world we live in with COVID, but I think I think both teams had enough time to be ready for this one. Oh yeah, no, that's that's not an issue I mean, at all. Because look, you have assistant coaches because they were supposed to play a couple of weeks ago. You have assistant coaches yeah, already did exactly. the scout anyway, so right. it's not that's no issue at all. But what about Lindell? What about his growth inside? Now it doesn't hurt that you know Kyle Young to me is a guy that everybody hates playing, but everybody wants right. <laughs> on their right. team. Okay, okay. How much has Lindell help, been helped by Young? Uh, I think significantly. I mean, yeah. you know, Lytell is not your – in Ohio State, I think Penn State's kind of the same. We don't have a, a natural post player just yeah. to plug in there. Um, but Lytell, you know, it, it does benefit from Kyle Young kind of taking another guy out of the post down there, if you will, because if you put them both in the lineup at the same time, 
neither one is, is a typical post player, but they both use their body well. And with Young kind of being, everyone kind of refers to him as the glue of the team. You just don't see oh, yeah. a lot of stuff show up in the box score. He does all the little things correctly. He plays solid defense. And, man, he, I tell you what, when he gets the ball in the post down there, he uses his footwork well and can and finish with a jump hook over anybody. And so guys, you know, they – Coaches know you gotta you gotta deal with Kyle with Kyle Young, right? So it does open things up for Liddell L- a little bit. L- Liddell, I think, is really good. I, I like him a lot. He's, yep. he's really played the well the last couple of weeks, especially out at what Illinois he played terrific. Yeah, he's really expanded his game to stepping on the outside, and it's just a mismatch nightmare now because you got a guy that's hitting eighteen footers, and you know, but yet he can do so much around the paint as well. He plays so much bigger than his size. They get, they're able to bring Zed Key off the bench. Uh, what does he meant to at least buy minutes so that the big guys themselves can then get back in there? Exactly, yeah. And his energy. You know, I think the the thing that Chris Holman was uh, most excited about getting that key, he was a freshman in the Big Ten, so you think, yeah. well, it's going to take him a little bit to get his feet underneath him, but he just brings a lot of energy. Not the most athletic guy. He's not going to go up and dunk over you or, or sky in the air and get rebounded over top of you, but he just has so much energy and uses his body well, you can put him in and give Lydell Young a little bit of a breather, a little bit of break, and you really don't feel bad about, you know, your chances of still doing some things down low there. So he has, um, if, if anyone as a freshman, believe it or not, that Holman was most excited about this year, it was actually under, you know, the undervalued Zed Key coming in. Yeah, no, there's no question. They're fifth in the nation in offensive efficiency. When you watch the flow of this offense, Phil, what are you seeing? Um, guys uh, work together really well. I mean, they share the ball. It goes into the post, but if there's nothing there, they'll kick it back out, and they have the guys on the perimeter that can make you pay. You know, so you, you have to pick your poison. Liddell's going to do his work down low, or he's going to step out. But if you double down, right. as we see, you kick it out, and Justin Orange can, can knock down a three. Uh, Seth Towns can, can relocate, hit a shot. And then Dwayne Washington, when he's on, um, he can make the pay. So they've got a really good inside-outside game and a lot of interchangeable parts that when you're trying to, to scheme defensively, you know, it's tough. You just don't know who to really focus on. So I think that is what makes them so efficient on the offensive end. Every Dwayne Washington game I've done, I've watched him go out there, and you're like, okay, he'll miss like three or four in a row. <laughs> and what happens is you're waiting for him to, to get the make because yeah. the second he gets the make, you feel he's going to run off five in a row. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, very inconsistent, but boy, when he's on, it's uh, oh, definitely yeah. a weapon. Uh, what's been your thought watching Penn State to this point? Yeah, so struggling a little bit, but, um, you know, here as of late, obviously, it looked like uh, they're starting to figure some things out. And I think, you know, when I watch Penn State, you know, the guard play, they're putting a lot more pressure on the defense at the guard position now where, you know, it can they, they'll shoot the three. Um, but your guards now are starting to get into the lane a lot more and putting pressure on the defense. Um, so when those guards often start to penetrate and put more action on the defense, it opens up a whole lot of other things. And then they're also getting to the free throw line a lot more. Uh, makes us an easy bunny. So for me, it's been the improvement. Not that that was horrible, but the improvement um, of the collective guard play, to me, has really been uh, significant growth for Penn State. Personal side of it, what's it been like for you trying to cover this during a pandemic? What do you like about how you cover it now, and what are some parts there where you feel like, oh, boy, this is really throwing me a curveball? Yeah, so I'm a little bit uh, unique in the fact that I actually do not live in Columbus anymore. I used to, uh, and then I relocated to Tampa, Florida. Yeah. So for me, you know, Zoom calls are great. 
because yeah. I, can, I don't have to be in person at press conference. So I've enjoyed the Zoom call to where you can kind of jump in there and record a session yourself and share it. Uh, but obviously the, the downside of that is you don't get a chance to establish some of the one-on-one -on -one relationships with the athletes and the coaches that, that you necessarily would, would like to do. And the availability just isn't quite as there as it has been in the past. Phil, it's an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much. I really appreciate your time very much. Yeah, no problem. Good luck tonight. All right. And joining us once again, that was Phil Harrison from USA Today, who covers Ohio State basketball. Great to have him on board. Scott Lauber, next half hour. We're going to talk Philly sports, but we're going to talk about the Phillies, who had a positive signing in JT Real Muto. This will be the first positive Philadelphia segment we've had in weeks. <laughs> and it'll be refreshing, as always. Well, it better be refreshing because, my goodness, you have been on a rampage. I mean, just one rant after another. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. That's what seems awfully fast. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. Josh Heupel's the new head coach at Tennessee for football. Tennessee is an interesting situation. You want to talk about a program that for the last 16 years has been really the definition of underwhelming. You have a fan base there that thinks they're way better than they are. Now, in the late 90s, they won a national championship. And, of course, Peyton Manning was their quarterback. They didn't win it then. But then the next year, after Manning had been drafted by Indianapolis, uh, with T. Martin, a quarterback, they won the national title. And they have a few more good years under Phil Fulmer. But since 2005, so you're talking 16 seasons. You know how many 10-win seasons they've had? One. They've had eight winning seasons and eight losing seasons. It is a program that has been spinning its wheels. And what's interesting about the Tennessee program is that they're in the SEC East. They're not in the West. Yes, they play Alabama as their designated crossover game every year. And, you know, the third Saturday in October... And somebody asked about the hire of Josh Heupel. Now, you know, Danny White had been the athletic director at UCF. He hires Josh Heupel, who was his coach at UCF, replacing Scott Frost. But somebody asked, asked about this, and they said it's a rather underwhelming hire. Well, what's an overwhelming hire? Who are you going to get? Who? Who? What's the name out there that you have to get? I mean, if you hire Coastal Carolina's coach, is that the overwhelming hire? If you hire Hugh Freeze to leave Liberty, will he undergo the same scrutiny that Greg Schiano did when you tried to hire him? What? Who? Who's the overwhelming hire at Tennessee? Heupel did a good job at UCF. Not an awesome job, but a good job. 
but Tennessee has been the definition of an underwhelming program for a little bit more than a decade and a half. And again, they're in the SEC East. If you have the ability to get any traction of upward mobility, you have a better shot at it in the SEC East than you do in the SEC West. And the West has got Alabama, it's got Harvard, it's got LSU, it's got Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Arkansas, I'd say, I mean, the upper mobility in the West is difficult. In the East, it's a little smoother path. Yeah, you got Georgia, yeah, you got Florida, but you got Georgia and Florida. But Tennessee has been, I mean, they have 101, 102,000-seat stadium, rabid fan base. But they have really, for the last decade and a half, have just spun their wheels. My goodness, I did the, what, the 2007 Outback Bowl? And Penn State won the game 20-10. to 10. And to be honest with you, I mean, Tennessee didn't show me much of anything that day. You know, they certainly had some players that could play. I mean, Robert Meacham was on that team, and Swain, the wide receiver, was on that team. Arian Foster was on that team. But Penn State really controlled most of the day. In fact, that was one where the last drive of the game, yeah, not the last drive, but Penn State put together this long, time-consuming drive. We just kept pounding it and pounding it and pounding it and pounding it, and Tennessee couldn't stop them. Like, all right. But you're talking about a decade and a half of a program spinning its wheels in a fan base that I don't think they can believe their eyes. But nothing's changed. I mean, if you're, if you're a 20-year-old Tennessee fan, what success do you know? And it's the same question I used to ask Eagles fans until, you know, Doug Peterson brought them to the promised land and then promptly got canned for doing it. Oh, I'm sorry. That struck a nerve. <laughs> I just did. Did I misstate something? Slightly, but... We'll let it go. You, you put him out the pasture. First sign of trouble. You open the gate, put him in the pasture. Gone. Then you hire a guy. You don't even know who he is. <laughs> but he's going to be better than Doug. So who's Shikalini playing tonight? Shabokin tonight. Well, he'll keep the suit off the streets. This is true. A public service message from this station, the Ad Council, and local police departments. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors.